A volcano full of tales. This is the story of Popocatepel. Stories, folklore, legends, leyendas, cuentos y más. This is a Spooky Tales. Listen, escuchen at your own risk. This is Christina. And this is MJ. And welcome to another episode of Spooky Tales. I say this every episode, but I am so excited for this episode. Uh, me too. It's uh, one of my favorite stories ever. Yeah, so we were going to do something else. And then suddenly, I think MJ, you ran into a video of um, the volcano Popocatepel and a very strange, yeah, strange video. My mom sent me that one. She was like, did you see what I sent you? And I was like, no. She's like, watch it right now. And I was like, okay, mom. And then I was like, ooh, I, I should send this to Christina. And I did. And yeah. And now we're doing a whole episode about it. Yeah, <laughs> now we're doing a whole episode. Before we share our listener story, we do have a really fun surprise. For Halloween, we teamed up with one of my favorite podcasts ever. Like, I love them so much. <laughs> Monstras podcast and coffee and chisme we all teamed up together we sent each other stories so Monstras podcast and us two stories we sent two stories to coffee and chisme and coffee and chisme sent Monstras two stories and we're all guessing which one is fact and which one is fiction and so you'll hear the two stories once we're done with our normal episode um, we'll let you guys guess, and then we're going to take a guess. And then I'm going to open up this nice little envelope that Monstra sent me and say which one was real and which one was fake. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but before we do that, we do have a listener story. I'm going to make some names up for this. <laughs> Let's see. Bob. No. <laughs> Boberto. No. That's not even his <laughs> Boberto. Boberto. No. <laughs> well, um... We'll say Miguel. I don't know why that's like my go-to fake name for everything. No, that should be our go-to. We need we need like a go-to uh, fake names. Miguel. <laughs> Miguel y Maria, yeah. <laughs> okay, so again, this is a fake name. And if you have a fake, not a fake story. <laughs> oh if you if you have a real story that you would like to send in, uh, you can send one in to the email at spookytales at gmail.com or send it to us via any of our socials. We love receiving them and reading them. Okay, so Miguel was a fairly well-off man who was well-liked by the neighborhood. One day, he began to act differently, like he was emotionless and running on autopilot. Then this woman who everyone thought was a witch moved in with him and they got married. I don't know how long they were married, but I guess she got bored with Miguel eventually because when he died, she just kind of took off. But it was his death that really scared everyone. He'd been working at a school over the summer, working on air conditioners, and somehow he was sliced up by blades. They found him in one of the halls. The police thought it looked like he was running away from something. People speculate he was killed by the so-called witch. Ugh. Ew. 
I speculate too. <laughs> it's a little suspicious, yeah. <laughs> Very suspicious. She needs a good alibi. <laughs> she just took off. She doesn't need a alibi. She's gone. She's gone. <laughs> so on to our topic. I had to Google how to say this volcano, by the way. <laughs> I was like, Mom, how do you do this? I know how to say the volcano, but I always get stuck on the other volcano. I'm like, how mm-hmm. do you say it? And then um, there was another name that popped up in my research. And I was like, oh, my God. I'll do my best. <laughs> I was like, Mom, thanks for the help. <laughs> I'm still going to fuck it up, but <laughs> thank you. We're, we're trying. We're trying our best. Some of these, not some of these. These are Nahuatl names. Yes. Uh, so... They're very hard for us. For us, yeah. Yeah. But so, again, we'll be talking about the volcan Popocatepel and then the legend of Popocatepel and the other volcano that I can't remember. But MJ is going to share that story. Yes. <laughs> um, so before that, I'm going to share some information about uh, volcan Popocatepel, which is actually now fun to say that I can say it. <laughs> it just really flows, you know? Yeah. It, it, I... Uh... It's like one of those things that like you could say it really fast once you get the hang of it for some odd reason. The, the pronunciation just like smoothly, you know, just flows. Yeah. Um, so the volcano is a stratovolcano or composite volcano. And I had to look this up because I haven't learned about volcanoes since ninth grade. <laughs> <laughs> Science class today. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing ninth grade earth science today. We need to get paid like teachers, honestly. <laughs> We're teaching you guys, okay? Be thankful. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway. Anyways, continue. <laughs> so this means that the volcano was shaped and built by layers of hardened lava and tephra, which is fragmented material produced by volcanic eruptions. And stratovolcanoes all have periods of eruptions. Popocatepel is Nahuatl for Smoking Mountain. And you know, it bothers me when websites say it's Aztec for, like, the language is Nahuatl, not No, yeah, and then Aztec (laughs) is the, what the Europeans called them, because the Aztec, what people know as the Aztec, I took uh, Mexican history, by the way, so this is where I'm getting my information, um, in college, so... But Aztecs were, uh, like, you had the head of the Aztecs, which, which was a tribe called the Mexica. And that's where we get the name Mexico from. Mexica, Mexico, Mexico, so on and so forth. I learned all this from TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the, the, the Mexica were, like, the head of the Aztecs, what, what Europeans know as the Aztecs. But it was a city-state. So basically, they were, like... They protected all these other tribes that were totally different from them. Um, uh, and in return, the tribes have to had to give, um, like, taxes and tribute and stuff. So they were kind of like a... They were, like, all different from each other, I guess. You know, the tribes, but the head of the tribe was the, the Mexica. However, this whole group of people living in this way of, like, you know, you have the nation that has the most power and then these little city-states collectively for whatever reason Europeans did this, but they called them the Aztecs. But that's not what they called themselves. 
Yes. And then when you read these legends, sometimes it'll say, this is Mexican folklore, but really it's Mexica. Mexica, or or even then, um, Mexica can also be like different. And and as you spread out into different areas, they would have uh, different tribes. And it's more in line to like, if you're going to go to, I don't know, like uh, a Chichimeca uh, tr- uh, right, mythology, yeah. you have to say Chichimeca because the Chichimeca... Though they're considered Aztecs, they're not Mexica. It's like this whole thing, like the Europeans fucked it up. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of websites now, and they'll lump everything into just Mexican but or Aztec. Just because and you're Mexican, yeah, doesn't mean that you have any Mexica, any any of these, right? Yeah, any of these. Like I have no connection to it, but my family is from Mexico. But I don't know anything about it, so I can't say I'm Aztec. I'm Mexica. You know, it just doesn't work that way. Back to the volcano. <laughs> The volcano is located in the states of Puebla, Morelos, and Mexico, and it's the second highest peak with Citlatepel. I think I said that right. Uh, I, I, I had so much trouble with this. Hold on. Let me see. Let me check my notes because I dumbed it down <laughs> for myself. Citlatepetl. That's how I would pronounce it. I don't know. I could be wrong. Though. Oh, okay. Because I've heard po- Popocatepel, so I just figured it was Pel at the end. I don't, I don't know. Some people pronounce it tl some people don't say the tl i don't i have no idea what the correct pronunciation is because i do not speak Nahuatl. i'm just gonna say citratepel yeah i'm sorry if i'm wrong (laughs) we get it (laughs) we understand yeah (laughs) so that volcano is 1800 oh my god i can't say numbers 18,491 feet is what i was trying to say and Popocatepel is 17,802 feet. It is one of the most active volcanoes in Mexico with 15 major eruptions since the colonizing Spanish arrived because they began tracking it. But obviously eruptions occurred before. Mm-hmm. It is believed that in the mid to late first century, a large eruption caused a large migration to Teotihuacan. The largest eruption to date occurred in December 2000, which caused uh, 10,000 people to be evacuated. Oh, dang. And in July 2013, many flights from the U.S. to Ciudad Mexico had to be canceled due to several eruptions. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just, just some little tidbits on the volcano. And then you can share the legend and I'll share the paranormal stuff behind that video that we already shared because I was too excited when I saw it and that I was, just shared it on video Instagram. Was creepy AF, like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not going there at night. <laughs> um, <laughs> not me. Uh-uh. Not I. I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. Well, <laughs> n- nobody. Well, <laughs> nobody comment. <laughs> Actually, <no. laughs> so this next legend may be one of the most. Famous in, I'm going to use the broad term, Mexican mythology. Growing up, I saw artwork of this legend on everything. You know, I grew up in the Mission District in San Francisco, and many of the Mexican businesses there had either a mural of this legend inside or outside of their business. Yes. Especially taquerias. They would have, like, this mural on the wall of this legend. Everybody has like their own rendition of artwork for this legend, but it's it's everywhere in um, Mexican culture. Like all the taquerias and stuff always have this either inside or outside of their business. 
one of the tribes that were angry at the at the Mexica for for their very uh, ty- tyrant like ruling, the chief of Tlaxcaltec people who resided in what is now modern-day Tlaxcala, decided to go to war against the Mexica. They were tired of their uh, of, of their ruling. The Tlaxcaltec chief had a beautiful daughter named Ixtasihuatl. She was the most beautiful girl in all the land. And though she had many suitors, she was in love with the tribe's greatest warrior, Popocatépetl. That's how I say it. I don't know if I'm right, by the way, guys, so... I don't know. We'll we'll see when people reply to to us. I've, I've also heard Popocatepet, so I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, I've been saying it more wrong. Who, I've been saying Popocatepet, so. <laughs> All three are acceptable in our world. And here in and our spook- circumstances right now. <laughs> in a spooky tales, All three are, are acceptable. Um, <laughs> Popocatepet asked the chief for for permission to marry Ixtasihuatl. He agreed with the condition that Popo had to come back from the war victorious. Ixtasihuatl would wait for her beloved. While Popocatepetl was away fighting in battle, one of Ixtasihuatl's jealous suitors, this is going to be hard, okay? <laughs> I believe in you. I don't believe in myself, so we're screwed on that. Oh, (laughs) well, never mind. (laughs) Okay, anyways. Citlaltepetl told Ixtasihuatl that Popocatepetl had died in battle in hopes that she would pick him. She did not. Overcome with sadness, Ixtasihuatl died of a broken heart. When Popocatepetl returned, he became... He came back victorious, but to the news of her death. In grief, he wandered the streets for several days and nights, unconsolable and broken. Now, this is where some of the stories of the legend differ from one another, but I'm going to share first the one that I grew up with, and then after that, another version that I've also seen online. So, in the one that I grew up with, Popocatépetl picked up Ixtasihuatl's body, in his arms and climbed a hill and he begged and begged the gods to bring her back to life. The gods did not bring Ixtasihuatl back. Instead, they turned both her and Popocatépetl into volcanoes, immortalizing their love. You can feel and witness Popo's rage, love, and pain when the volcano comes alive again. Beautiful. Yeah. And... El Popo continues to love her thousands of years later. The other version of the story is that he took Ixtasihuatl's body to the top of a mountain where a great tomb would be built so no one could would forget the princess. He kissed her cold lips, kneeled beside her with a torch, and watched her and guarded her for eternity. Facing each other over time, their bodies became covered in snow, forming two volcanoes that would be together until the end of time. Popocatépetl comes alive again, reigniting the torch to continue to watch over Ixtasihuatl. And I love both of these versions. That one was also beautiful. 
Yes. There needs to be one where we could fuse both of these together because I love both of these versions. Um, I don't know if there's more out there, but if there is, I'm so curious to see what uh, version you grew up with. And, you know, for those who did grow up with this uh, myth, I think they're both beautiful. I honestly could not pick. And if someone could please, please, please write a story and fuse these two together, that would be everything. Yes. <laughs> But that is the legend of the two volcanoes or the two lover volcanoes. I'm going to add on if you have a child or if you like reading kids books, some adult books or some adults like collecting them too. No shade here. There is a beautiful book called The Princess and the Warrior, A Tale of Two Volcanoes by Duncan Donatiu. And it's also available in Spanish. It's gorgeous. The drawings, not drawings, illustrations. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're they're gorgeous. It's a beautiful book. I've seen this. I've it's been on my um, wish list for ages. I think this is the year that I'm gonna get it because it's on mine because Mateo's still too young for it. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning that he will rip the pages because he still requires board books, and it's not a board book. It's a bigger yeah. picture book. It's not yeah, chapter book size either. It's for, I would say it's for like kids, like maybe six and up, seven and up. Yeah. You know what's cool, though? A lot of regions with volcanoes have similar stories. There's a song that Disney played, like a short, called, mm-hmm. um, oh my gosh, some, no. Oh, Something yeah, about yeah, a lava. Yeah. I know which I, one you're talking about, where the volcano is singing. Yes. The, oh, I it's love singing. that yeah, one. Yeah. I forgot it's a beautiful it's song, called. and it's kind of like this legend, but it's the, that story, is it comes from another folklore, and I don't remember if it's like Hawaii or somewhere else. Well, isn't, isn't like the, the goddess Pele or is it Pele? Let me Google this real quick. <laughs> Called Lava and it's a 2000, it came out in 2014 and it's uh animated musical short from Pixar. It's just, that's the name Lava. Yeah. It's inspired by the song Over the Rainbow, oh, which yeah, I is. Love yeah, so it's an underwater uh, volcano in Hawaii uh, called Lo- Loihi. It's based on a real volcano, right? Yeah, it's um, and the volcano's name is Lo- Loihi. I love that animated chart. You guys, if, if you haven't checked it out, please do. It's one of my favorite shorts from Pixar. The singing is phenomenal, but yeah. Yes, beautiful. And this reminds me of, uh, yeah, so her name is Pele. Um, she's the Volcanus Gato of Hawaii. And there are some myths about her. So, again, like, anytime there's a volcano, it's always seems to be associated with a deity or um, a story in mythology. Yeah. And then I will add on just about folklore mythology in general. A lot of these, when you're looking up these stories, it almost makes it seem like these people are not around anymore. There's obviously still Mexica. In mm-hmm. Mexico. Just want to throw that out there in case you didn't yeah, know. It's not still... some ancient civilization. Because <laughs> there was this like video going around TikTok. Like, these are ancient Mexicans. And then it, it just showed like people that are people that you could still see people that look like that because they're not gone. They're <laughs> very much alive. They're not as, you know, they don't have a, as a huge population as they used to, but they still exist. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, that's like my huge problem with a lot of like, Mexico that they just pretend that they're not there anymore like they just disappeared or vanished into thin air it's like yeah you know. and that's the big problem with like 
like the Mexican government really pushed this, but and it's and people here do it too, but like saying we're all indigenous, like we're not. No, we're, uh, many of us are indigenous descent. descent. Yeah, and you can say we're we're mestizos because we are but like you can't say we're all indigenous because it's not true yeah because at the end of the day as someone who is half and half half uh, spaniard i guess half european half indigenous i cannot claim that i'm from spain because first of all spain will be like no you're brown and i cannot claim that i am also and part of an indigenous tribe all i could claim is that they are my roots but i am neither or like yeah I can't be like i'm from here i'm from there it's just that hey my ancestry it came from there i am something else entirely and yeah if you're like a reconnecting because and i see this a lot on tiktok there'll be like reconnect or people with big audiences just spreading the same things that like oh all mexicans are indigenous and no and you also have mexicans yeah. that have not mixed Anything and um, and I'm talking about like the European Mexican, like the white Mexicans, like uh, my grandfather, though he is Mexican nationality, he is not one bit indigenous. He's full white, full, you know, Spaniard. Yeah, because again, it's a nationality, which a lot of Mm -hmm. people don't understand. It's like just because you're Mexican does not mean you have indigenous roots. Yeah, yeah. So just, you know, if you're someone looking to reconnect with maybe, you know, where your family came from and you're looking to reconnect with your like indigenous ancestry, you know, just be respectful. It's just one of my like pet peeves to just seeing like people erase an indigenous people in Latin America because they're like, we're all indigenous and we're not. Okay, rant over. (laughs) Yes, but it had to be said. It did. It did. So back to the volcano. Popocatepel and I think various volcanoes that are still active have an extensive monitor oh my god monitoring system that's been mm-hmm. there I want to say since the 1990s they have like a website where they it's just you can look at the volcano hear what's going on just 24 7 and they put out reports like every day like oh the volcanoes this 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 so just for some context here so on October 14th, very something very strange came from these surveillance videos. And again, the the surveillance system is in the volcano. It's not like someone that was recording. So when you hear the video, just keep that in mind. It's not someone recording with like something next to them making this sound. It's from the volcano. Mm-hmm. Um so thus the and I think I will I will play it here. So just Okay, so yeah, I just, um, I will warn everyone, turn your thing down before I insert the sound. Okay, so on October 14th, you hear this video came about. So first you hear a dog, like dog, a dog barking. And then after that, there's a scream and then a dog whimpering. But the scream is so weird. It's so horrific. It's too, it sounds like. It's like like a roar between, between a roar and a scream to me. Yeah, like either angry or really in pain or somewhere in between right and so um turn down your whatever you're listening on turn it down because i'm going to insert the audio here
some people theorize that um, a, maybe a dog fell in or was on the volcano, like near one of these cameras mm-hmm. or near the um, things recording and like somehow got hurt. And all the sounds are coming from the dog, which I, I can't agree with because that roar slash scream doesn't sound like a noise a dog makes. Yeah, no, it sounds too um, like human. Right. And so others claim it was a puma and they compare the two sounds, but they don't sound too similar to me either. So I don't know. Others just say, oh, you were all crazy. It's just like the sound of the air moving through the volcano, something about frequency, some fancy science stuff. That's a possibility. I don't know what volcano sounds sound like. So that could be it. (laughs) But again, it just sounds weird. It does. I don't know, like, but you would think if it was the volcano frequency and stuff, it would have happened before and it wouldn't be any news. Yeah, right. It would have, I mean, they've been recording this for a while. It would have happened a few times at least. And of course, some people turn to the paranormal for explanations. So some say this is what La Llorona sounds like sometimes. Like, what? (laughs) Speaking of that, my grandma had an encounter not too long ago with the Yorona, like a week or two ago. I got to write that down. Oh, my down. God. Yes, do that. It was her, my tia, either my two my two tias or one tia and my my uncle. So it was like three or four people that witnessed it and heard what? it together. So I got to, yeah, like, thank you for reminding me. I totally forgot. <laughs> totally forgot. You're welcome. I'm going to write that down. So yeah, some say that they're like old spirits that are in pain, and mm. others claim that it's a nagual. Mm, that would make sense, though. Right? Nahual, That's what I thought. Because um, I've heard that nagual sounds something between a animal and a human. Mm-hmm. And it could have attacked the dog. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. I, I am going with a nagual, so <laughs> I don't know what everybody Same. else, but that's... That's mine. That's my pick. These alleged screams are not the first time paranormal activity occurred near the volcano. Just last summer, on August 14th, there was a UFO seen over the volcano. And I will will share this video as well. But just to describe it, there are like three really bright lights. Not, like, flying normally, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to go back to the scream, I looked through some Twitter thread, and some people in that thread had some really interesting things to say about the scream. Mm-hmm. So one person said, I heard an identical scream in Ciudad Mexico at 2 a.m., and then terrible things proceeded to occur. It was my sister and I who heard the scream, and after that, my mom was sick with COVID, a cousin died by suicide, and another cousin was abducted and murdered. I don't know what it is that made the sound, but it is very real. Ew. Right? Like, they're saying whatever it was they heard caused all these bad things to happen afterward. Like a bad omen, almost? Right, yeah. Like, it's something telling you, hey, bad shit's about to happen? Yeah. Ugh. Someone else said, that's, that's a bad. lechuza. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lechuza? I don't do that. I, what sound do lechuza Like make? the legend of La Lechuza, not like the oh, owl. I was about to say, I was like, what? Legend? I thought they, they laugh and talk like women, though. That doesn't sound I like don't know. Women. They say they whistle and cry like babies, too, so. 
Hey. We do have an episode on her. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. <laughs> I wonder what they said. I, I did watch, though, on, um, what was it? Paranormal Cotton Camera. That was like a, a some, um, it was in Mexico, and they, uh, some men were exploring this area where they, um, people claimed Aviona Bruja. And it was, all you hear is like a bunch of laughter. Like cackling like woman cackling and this was uh it said something like come get me or some shit in spanish oh I'm gonna shit have to i think i've seen this and, you, yeah i have to go back and listen to it but i was like that that laugh the cackling that they do is what i heard that lechuzas do so i don't know because this one like again it sounds like it sounds horrible it sounds like guttural scream i don't know what it is but i've always heard that lechuzas laugh or talk like women so mm-hmm. i don't know Someone else said, and I'm going to read it in Spanish and then I'll say it in English for our Spanish-challenged friends. Tengo familiares. Let me start over because now I'm Spanish-challenged too. (laughs) (laughs) Tengo familiares. Oh my God, fuck. (laughs) That's what I get for talking shit. (laughs) Tengo familiares y conocidos que viven a las faldas del volcán. Del lado de Morelos. Y lo que nos cuentan es que es muy común escuchar gritos y lamentos en la noche. Ellos viven en el bosque y a la verdad es que sí está de miedo cuando vamos a quedarnos a dormir un día allá. Ew. And now in English. <laughs> I have family and friends that live on the edge of the volcano by Morelos. And they've told us that it's very common to hear uh, these screams. And I don't know what lamentos is. Sorry. Lamentos Lament? is lament? like l- lament. Like, oh, sadness. I want oh, to say like, okay. wail. I don't know. I, like, that's what I was Like, because, like, like wails, like, really, yeah, but like, really sad. Okay. So it's very common to hear these screams and wails at night. Ew. They live in the, in the forest. And uh, to be honest, it's very scary spending the night with them. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. The family is like, no F's given. The family that lives there. Right? <laughs> Relax. Are you? We live here every day. We hear this all day. We'll be fine. Yeah. No, it's, no, it's nada. No mames. No, it's like, nada. stop freaking out, you know? <laughs> they would say that too. No mames. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is my info on the screams heard. But yeah, let us know what, what you think. I'm curious. The rational part of me is like, oh, yeah, it was the wind. Just it traveled through the volcano. All weird. But the other <laughs> spooky part of me was like, that's a Nawal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going with Nawal. That's that's my Nawal has my vote because there's been um, oh, I can't even remember. But what was it that when we covered the video on the Nawal and it was, remember that American um, show went to Mexico to this haunted mine place. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like they, yeah. I feel like they caught something similar to that. Like a scream like that. Mm-hmm, but I'm not sure. I'm going to have to go back. Don't quote me on it. You guys, my memory is shit. Yeah. Don't we, we don't have uh, memories. So <laughs> I have short term memory. Okay. That's all you get. <laughs> And now time for our fact or fiction stories from Monstras Podcast. We're going to play both of them and then try to guess which one is fact and which one is fiction. Throughout human history, 
Caves have served many functions for humanity. Used as shelter, as protection from wild, dangerous creatures, as places of human sacrifice and pain. Their dark depths have mystified humans for millions of years. But what if I told you that there was a cave that existed somewhere in Central America that contained rivers full of pus, scorpions, and blood? A cave rumored to have once been inhabited by giants. Well, according to the whispers my mother grew up with, it does exist. I know, it sounds unbelievable. But hear me out. I first heard the rumor after my mother told me a story about a cave she found when she was younger. Her mother had warned her not to go into that cave. But my mother's curiosity got the best of her, and she decided to waltz right into that cave and see what was inside. As soon as she walked in, she regretted it. She ran out as fast as she could, her skin on fire. It turned out she had walked right into a cave full of bees. When she showed up to her mother's home, crying, her mother beat her on sight, punished twice for disobeying. Although my mom laughs when she recounts that story, I know that there's a lesson there. Don't wander into unknown caves. You never know what might find you. As my mother recalls, there is another cave in that area that is swirling with local stories. It's said that this cave is an entrance to another world, governed by otherworldly creatures, including spirits and gods of water, pestilence, and fertility. Archaeologists who have examined the cave have actually uncovered evidence of hunter-gatherer occupation as far as 8,000 years ago. But local legend states that the cave was actually inhabited by giants. In fact, you can visit the cave today and view the paintings that decorate the cave walls. Images include human figures, some depicted in headdresses, painted with vegetable and mineral-based inks in reds, yellows, and blues. Hands, outlined in white, also dot the cave walls. Even a drawing of a vulva. But most eerily of all, there are also paintings and drawings of very tall people. There are other rumors, though, that the cave is the entrance to the underworld from Mayan legend Shibalba. As written in the Popol Vuh, Shibalba was not a happy place. Think Hades from Greek myth, except with more traps to ensure its inhabitants never escape. A river of blood, pus, and scorpions run throughout. And roads that are so confusing that anyone caught in it might have to wander the dark depths forever. There are also lords who oversee the underworld, including Ahalpu, 
the Lord of Pus, Ahalgana, the jaundiced demon, and Kuchumakik, known as Gathered Blood, just to name a few. Today, though, it is guarded by one lone man, this cave. A man who claims the location is a magical place that inundates the spirit with peace and tranquility. Many people still make it a point to visit the site for ceremonies. And some still consider it as a holy site. So how do you judge this story? Is this true? Does this cave actually exist? Or is it something I completely made up, cobbled together, and loosely based on real sources? What if I told you there was an elementary school in South Texas that has a doorway to hell? Would you believe me? This is a story of a haunted school in the Rio Grande Valley in South Texas, in the city of Roma, to be exact. Well, more of a small town. So usually not a lot happens there. It's kind of a rural space. But there is the local elementary school that is said to be haunted. There's this guy named Javier, who used to be a janitor at the elementary school, and sometimes he would work into the night, also like a caretaker for the school. So Javier kept hearing weird noises around the school. That went on for a few weeks, and then the small noises started to turn into something more sinister. He heard the sound of a child crying and the light sounds of scratching. So this is where he got really scared and he was like, oh, I need to help this kid. So he quickly started opening up all the doors in the school and looked everywhere he could think, but he couldn't find where the little boy was. By this point, he became obsessed with the noises. I mean, I would be obsessed too if it was so constant. So he spent the nights looking through every classroom and drinking and trying to find the crying child. So he just started searching and, and looking under everything he could find. Finally, Javier stumbled upon a fake wall. It sounded hollow, hollow when he tapped on it. And there, once he started knocking the walls down, he found there was a room behind it. And he started laughing and yelling and telling the poor little boy that he was there to save him, that everything was going to be okay. He took the wall down and behind there, there was a, a, a small room with nothing but a small door. So the door was kind of like the size, maybe like two feet tall. So it was pretty short. He had to kneel down in front of it to turn the knob and slowly the door opened and he smelled something weird, like something was burning. Now the voice of the little boy sounded clearer. The little boy called out, please help me. I'm hungry. Um, so he would say in Spanish, he'd be like, ayúdame Javier, por favor, tengo hambre. Uh, so Javier just crawled through the small hallway. And as he kept crawling, it got hotter and hotter. Javier hurriedly crawled under uh, until all of a sudden the sound stopped. There was nothing there. What the hell is going on? He turned around and tried to crawl out. But before he made it all, all the way out of the little hall, he froze. At the exit, there was someone looking at him. And at first he couldn't make out his face. But the longer he looked at this person staring at him, there was a man there smiling at him. And this man had his face. This man smelled like sulfur and had sharp teeth and red glowing and eyes. Javier tried to say something, but it was so hot and he was sweating and he could hardly breathe. The man smiled and said, thank you, Javier. You freed me. Now you can take my place, guarding the door to hell. And with that, the man disappeared, shutting the door behind him. Javier pushed the door, kicked, yelled. It had opened a trap. So the story 
ghosts that sometimes you can hear a man crying in that school, especially at night in really hot days. And he's asking for help to be lit out, to be given water, but no one pays attention. So this story was told to one of my friends that was in Roma. So the, the story goes that if you go there at night in really hot days, you hear this man asking for help. He's like, my name is Javier. The devil tricked me and I'm stuck in this wall. And no one has helped him so far because people are scared and, and they don't want to be tricked again. And so that's the story of Javier and, and the haunted school in Roma. So how do you judge this story? Is it true? Does this door to hell in a small town in Texas actually is exist? Or is it something I completely made up just for you? What'd you, what'd you think of the stories? I loved both of them. They were so good. This is going to be so hard. These are so good. I want them both to I be want, true. I want them both to be true, too. Oh, my this is not like, fair, you guys. Do, which one do you think is you true? You guys, this is not fair. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm going to be upset with no matter which one is not real because they they both need to be real. So, oh my god, I don't know. <laughs> I feel I kind of feel oh my god. I feel like the the second one I'm so conflicted. Is real in the sense that um it's a real urban legend down there. Yeah, like like the first one is Oh my god, it's so good, but the river of pus kind of is like, you know what, that, that's where like it, it might be totally fake, or the l- river of blood and pus. So. So you're going with story two? I'm going with story two, okay. but I don't know, I'm going to be upset no matter what, because I want them both to be real. I was going to pick story two as well, yeah. Just because stories like that are so common, so. Mm-hmm. But they were both so good. So, yeah, I want them both to be true. So, yeah, I'm going to open this little orange envelope up. It has these really cute little dog stickers. And I opened it like a heathen from the top and, like, just ripped it. Oh, yes, heathen. <laughs> oh, it's a little it's a little owl. <laughs> I will take a picture of this. All right, let's open this up. Okay. Oh, and they taped over it. I'm going to take a picture of this before I open it. So it's covered up with, like, little spider webs. I love that though. Okay, and it says, hi, the true story is, and it's covered, so I'm going to uncover it. (gasps) It's the one by Brenda, the cave one. (gasps) That one's real? Story one, yes. What? (laughs) We guessed wrong. That's okay. It's okay. We both guessed wrong. I told you I was going to be upset no matter which one was real or fake because they were both so good. So good. They were so good. Now, which cave is this? I need to know about number one. It's in El Salvador. I'm not going, but I need to know. (laughs) Wow. That's Yeah. That was fun. Um, So. That was so good. That was so much fun, you guys. Wow. Uh, So what? Uh, Let us know what you guessed. I'll make a whole post about this. And you let us know what your guess was. Yes. So, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Oh, I have an announcement. I forgot to do it in the beginning. So we have a Patreon where we will be doing bonus episodes. We have a lot of fun things planned for it. Uh, There's three tiers. Go check it out if you want. If you don't want to and you don't want to give us any money, that's A-OK. Just keep listening. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But before we go, do you have any spooky recommendations this week? 
Yes, I do. I have another book that I'm currently reading called um, A Dirty Job by Christopher Moore. And it's on the spooky side. So it has a little spooky themed on it. And it's really good. And I'm late to the party. Apparently, a lot of people were like, dude, like this book is amazing. And I can't believe you haven't read it. I'm late, too. I'm going to check it out now that you mentioned it. It's funny. (laughs) It's so funny. It's also like, you know, it has to do with the paranormal. So, yeah. A Dirty Job. Okay. That sounds yeah, like a Dirty jam. Job by Christopher Moore. Nice. Okay. Mine is a book called Her Body and Other Parties by Carmen Maria Machado. It's a collection of short horror stories written by her. Um, there's one one in there that's just like, ugh, creepy. And it's got to do with a ribbon around a woman's neck. And I don't want to say more than that, but it's good. And it's a quick read. Check so. it out, you guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know, if you're hiking by the volcano and you hear a scream, leave. <laughs> <laughs> yes, leave. Stay as spooky and we'll catch everyone next week. Bye. Bye, spookies. <laughs> a quick shout out to our spookies who are supporting us on Patreon. Renee, Yamaris, Iris. Ghost Train and Madtown Charity. Thank you so much. Spooky Tales is hosted by Christina and MJ, edited and produced by Christina. If you're looking for extra ways to support the show, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Tales. And you can also check out our Patreon for bonus episodes and more. Go to spookytales.com slash support. But of course, you have our eternal gratitude for just listening. Stay as spooky.